receive an, an offering and just here in just a moment. Um, if you're visiting this morning, I want to say welcome. I'm glad that you're, you, you've come to visit and, and uh, see what's happening here and see what the Lord is doing at Big Bear Christian Center, what the Lord wants to do in your life. Uh, we're, a, we're a small family that's growing and excited to be part of uh, what God is doing here in Big Bear. You know, as we give in the offering, uh, it helps the ministry that's happening here go forward. It helps the ministry that's happening in this community to keep happening. Even, even silly things, maybe, but uh, this morning we have our prayer time in the little cry room, which we have a cry room for those who don't know about it. And as we're praying there, I, I heard a lot of noise because there's no wall or window between the cry room and the rest of the church. And I thought, we probably should put in a window that's really like thick and soundproof in there so that when moms go in there with crying babies, they don't feel like they're going to disturb the kids or anything else. As we give them the offering today, your offering helps to make this place better, more comfortable, safer, as we, where we're putting in more uh, safety things. So um, we're giving into the ministry here at the church, but we're also giving into ministry abroad. So um, let's pray for the offering as, uh, as the guys come forward to receive it, and pray that God would bless it and, and further what he wants to do in our midst. And I want to be part of what he wants. He says to give a tenth of everything, and that's what my practice is. And so let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for what you've done in our midst this morning in our hearts. And I continue to pray for those, um, God, that you would continue to minister to every, each and every one this morning. But as we would give into the tithes and offerings this morning, God, there is um, a community that needs love and care and support right here in Big Bear. I thank you that you've placed us as a church out here at the east end of the valley to meet needs, God, and to minister to um, the family here at Big Bear Christian Center. So we pray that you would bless this offering. I pray it would expand and multiply so that we can do the things that you're calling us to do. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, we need a window. We're going to get a window. We're going to have our board meeting right after church, and I've got all these things. I'm like, guys, we need to do some stuff around here. And uh, so, hey, I want to... Um, Nat Thursday was the National Day of Prayer, and uh, uh, it was a great time to join together. We, we gathered at the community church at uh, 7 a.m. here at the Christian Center at noon, from noon to 2, and then at Calvary Chapel at 6 p.m., and it was a day full of prayer, and I know a lot of you made um, at least one, two, and some, some of you made all three with me um, of those prayer events. It was awesome. Um, is Bobby here this morning? Bobby is the head of PTL Plus Ministries, uh, which is also a Christian bookstore here in town. Um, and it, some of you might not even know, there's a Christian bookstore here in town on Knickerbocker. Um, th they have great resources, can order anything. Um, you know, not that I'm down on Amazon, I use Amazon, but uh, uh, my heart is really getting changed again to support um, local and support Christian local especially. And so uh, if you need a book, go to her first. And, and if it's only 5%, 10% difference, pay it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. All right, there you go. There's a shameless plug for, for all Christian business owners, man. Um, but I want, you know, she put the National Day of Prayer together, all the stuff, and so, you know, she doesn't get to hear, but I'm, I'm thankful for her. And Jesse, who is our youth director, 
uh, happens to work in the same building with Bobby, so Bobby tends to just feel like she's her full-time employee. And so um, Jesse was, uh, did a lot um, for the National Day of Prayer. She worked all day, then um, did all the centerpieces. Then she helped come back and set up uh, that night, the night before, then showed back up at 6 a.m. the next morning to help serve and do all the things that she did. Then she went to work until 9 o'clock that night, and, w and then she continued to do stuff, and she was meeting with me multiple times yesterday as she studied for the Word. And um, I just want to honor uh, her faithfulness. Amen. She is growing in ministry, in the word, and in her life and character, and that is what we all want to be doing, amen, and so we want to give the honor that and give that opportunity for those who are growing. All right, I don't have long. Um, I'm probably going to end up keeping you maybe five or so minutes longer because I've only got 25 minutes and I've never done a message that short, but I won't <laughs> go too long, I promise, and it hopefully won't be painful. It'll be joyful. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. You can put your, your, your finger there because that's where we're going to spend this morning. Fathers, we get into this time in the Bible, in the Word. It is the Word of God. It is infallible. It is blessed. It has the power, God. It, it, it judges our thoughts and attitude. It brings life. So we pray as we get into your Word that you, God would anoint it and pray that you would speak through me. Um, as, as your vessel this morning, and that you would touch each of our hearts, encourage us, challenge us where we need to be challenged, and bring life and fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm excited about this morning's word, so I'm, you know, if I yell, I think we got a compressor, so it shouldn't, shouldn't break the speakers. But last week, uh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, uh, we talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for a few weeks now, and this week we want to continue on. But a couple weeks ago, to catch us up, um, and I actually had to go back and re-listen to my message to say, what did I say two weeks ago? And so I'm thankful for Doug, who puts those up online every week. Um, but uh, so, you know, two weeks ago, we were talking about um, how we can learn to walk in the Spirit, and that one of the big things is, is changing our thinking process. In order to walk in the Spirit, we need to change our thinking process. Um, in fact, let me go. It says, Romans 8 says this, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The verse right before it says this, though, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And what we did, we talked about the opposite of that, too, is, is the converse. Those who set their minds on the things of the flesh will live according to the flesh. And so it was an encouragement to, to us that we would begin to set our minds not on the things of the flesh, not on natural things, but begin to make it a practice to set our minds and our hearts on the things of the Spirit. As we do that, it will help us to become spiritual beings, and it will help us to begin to walk in the Spirit. And, and, and so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to pick that theme up a little bit today in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, and we're going to get all the way down and talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But before we get into the fruit, we want to fill it, finish up a little bit talking about um, the flesh and, and understand that there, there's a war against the Spirit and the flesh. So starting in verse uh, 16 in the New King James, it's great getting old. 
I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So I'm going to stop back at 17. So as we're going in, as it says, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. We have these two things inside of us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And the Spirit of God inside of you wants you to please Him, wants you to walk in godliness, wants you to walk in victory, wants you to be free. The beginning of Galatians chapter uh, 5 says, talks about freedom. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty or the freedom by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Christ came to set us free. He came to set us free from the law and also from the law of sin and death. That's why Jesus came. And so we have the spirit in us who's warring against our natural man, the flesh, our carnal desires, wanting us to walk in the spirit, wanting us to please God, wanting us to walk away from sin and say yes to God. But we also have the flesh inside of us that's saying, no, let's not do that. Let's do what we want to do. And really, that flesh is that selfishness, the self-centered part in us that wants to just please ourselves. The flesh is all about pleasing ourselves, which sounds a lot like culture today. If it feels good, right? We have learned. We have learned very well. If it feels good, do it. Well, that comes right out of the flesh. The flesh is all about me, how it makes me feel. And so what's amazing is in the scripture, if we, you read it, um, and there's different uh, interpretations of what it's saying, of course. Some just say that, you know, the, the, the flesh is ra- uh, fighting against the spirit, and we just need to, of course, we need to let the spirit live, but, but we, w- the flesh is warring, and the spirit is warring against each other inside of us, and it says this says, uh, verse 17 says, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Interesting. This is on both sides. The spirit is inside of you, warring so that you don't do the things that you want to do by your flesh. The flesh keeps warring back, causing you not to do the things that you want to do in the spirit. See, inside of us, we have both desires, don't we? As a, as a believer, we don't just have fleshly desires. I actually have godly desires. They come in all the time to do good things. But my flesh wars against those and tries to pull me this way. And then when I'm beginning to give in to the flesh and wanting to go this route, the spirit is in there trying to pull me back. Who's going to win? <laughs> well... The spirit is, is, is more powerful, right? Obviously. But we're in control of our yielding. Now, now there was this, this old Indian uh, Native American saying, of, and, and the grandfather t- was talking to his grandson. He says, uh, grandson, on, the, on each of our shoulders, there is a, 
a, a, an evil wolf and a good wolf. Remember this analogy? And he says, and they're warring against each other, causing us to do bad or causing us to do good. And the grandson, and its story is really a neat, neat story, and the grandson, grandfather, who will win the battle, the bad wolf or the good wolf? And the grandfather simply says, the one that you feed. The one that you feed, that's the stronger one. That is very similar, our flesh and the spirit. But I believe more, it's which one will win? The one that you yield to. The one that you, if you yield to your flesh, to your selfish desires, I tell you, your flesh is going to win every time. But if you begin to yield to the spirit of God, the spirit is going to be able to help us to overcome. So this is the beginning. It says, walk in the Spirit. Now, uh, we're going to see the word walk in a few verses more. This one, this walk, literally means to like walk everywhere, to go everywhere. In other words, everything you do, let it be in the Spirit. Let it be guided by the Spirit. Let it be full of the Spirit. Let everything that you do, every place that you walk, not just at church, but at your workplace, in your home, in your businesses, in your school, let everywhere you go, let that be of the Spirit and in the Spirit. That means that we're carrying the Spirit of God with us, yielding to Him in all the time. It says, walk everywhere you go, go about in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is just so, it's one of these things, uh, Mark Johnson says, it's a duh moment right? If everywhere you go, you're thinking about the things of God, letting God move through you. you you're not le- leaving him at church or in your morning devotions, and you're bringing the Spirit of God to be part of your life wherever you go. Yeah, you're not going to have a lot of opportunity to fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's pretty simple. Not always easy to do. And so, continue on, it says, the, the flesh and the Spirit war against each other talks about being led in verse 18, led by the Spirit, because we're not under the law. Now, then in verse 19, for a couple verses, it, it, it talks about the works of the flesh. And, and we're familiar with these. In fact, I love it because it says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Another uh, translation says they're manifest, which means you can see them. And another translation that I like says they're obvious. Now, you can agree with me or not about this. Let's see if the works of the flesh are obvious in culture. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. I think they're obvious. In fact, if you open up your Facebook and go like this, stop. You'll have seen all of them. It's obvious. The works of the flesh are every, everywhere. And movies like to portray the works of the flesh, unfortunately, much more than the fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to get into in just a couple minutes. We, you know, we love to watch movies about murder and adultery and all the drugs and all of these things. But who wants to watch a movie about somebody who's joyful? Yeah, thank God for that. But see, we, and that's what we've talked about. We, we need to begin to ask for, for things. And so they're obvious. And these are all works of the flesh. Now, you know, the, the word works there, that's, that's the toil. The toil that we do is these things. This is, this, is, this is what we get. Now, in Romans chapter 6, it says that the wages of those is 
is death, right? So, so we work at, f- at pleasing our flesh, and we get the wages of death for that. So I want a new job. I'm thankful that I have a new job. Um, and, and my job, I don't, I don't receive wages. I receive fruit for being here. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So, so the, the works of the flesh are, are these things. And, and it's important. We, we look through these. We kind of recognize them. Um, you know, fornication. The word there is, is porneo in the Greek. And it means every, basically anything and everything revo- uh, involving any sexual misconduct. Um, and so we, we put all those into that. Um, there's another one that's interesting. is sorcery. Uh, some of your Bibles have witchcraft. The word is pharmakeo. Pharmacy, right? The reason it was so cl- con- closely connected sorcery with, with the pharmakeo is because uh, a lot of sorcery involved um, potions and powders and things like that that caused people to be under a spell. Um, and so part of this also here is, is talking just straight out about drugs and taking things that alter us. So, you know, because I'm like, yeah, none of us are into sorcery. You know, the very few people are into sorcery in, the, in, this, in this land, in this community. We do have a, we have a, uh, a fortune teller here. The other day it was really funny. The cops were all out by the, by the, for the palm read of the fortune teller. And uh, they were all putting on their thing. And I was going to take a picture and put as a meme going, what is this? The Big Bear Sheriff's looking for their next clue? I don't know. <laughs> but but, uh, but they, were all, they were all out there. But, you know, but we know that they have nothing to offer. They have nothing to offer. Not the sheriffs. The sheriffs have a lot to offer. Talking about palm, palm raiders. And, but, you know, that's the close we have to sorcery. But do we understand that pharmakeo is a big part of what's happening in this nation? That people are looking to potions and powders and mixes in order to enhance their life and to get an answer in that. These things are the work of the flesh. They, they, they just speak to our our desires inward. But I don't want to spend any more time on that. I want to go on to the next part, which I was going to spend more, but we, don't, we just don't have this morning. I want to spend some good time starting in verse uh, 22. And I want to make sure I'm not missing any of my notes. Um, oh, there were some great lines in here too. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, I, I do have to, I have to, I have to, this was good. This wasn't mine, but I read this. I said, oh, that's good. Um, you know, some sins are driven by carnal nature, others by carnal nurture. Isn't that good? Some sins are driven by carnal nature. That thing, you know, I never taught my kids to say no and throw a car at me. But some of my kids did that, right? I mean, I didn't say, okay, now when you're angry with dad, pick up the car and throw it right at my face, okay? That's good boy. I didn't have to teach him that. But somehow, little kids know that. It's called anger. It's called part of the carnal nature, you know, we don't teach kids how to sin. They just know how to do it really well. Okay, some sins come out of the carnal nature. Some sins come out of carnal nurture. You're nurturing the flesh. You're nurturing uh, this sinful behavior. And, and I tell you, it just goes. In fact, it's been said, um, and I want to I get this and not get this, this quote wrong. Um, it, was, it was said by a... Um, a, a guy from the 16th century, Jeremy Taylor. First sin is startling. First sin is startling. It kind of comes and goes, oh, there's sin. Then it becomes pleasing. Then easy. Then delightful. 
then frequent, then habitual. Then the person becomes a confirmed sinner that is obstinate, then they're resolved never to repent, and then he is damned. Sin is startling and it becomes pleasing. That's true. That's, that's the carnal nature. You know, uh, I, I, people give their testimony about how they used to be in drugs and alcohol, and they say, and I used to drink and I hated every minute of it. I'm sorry if this is your testimony and I'm offending you right now. And I'm like, no, you didn't. When you started doing it, you liked it. Who going, I'm going to drink. I hate this. Oh, oh I just keep doing it because I hate it so much. <laughs> we sin because it starts being pleasing. Right? It's pleasing. And then it keeps going. And then we get into these frequencies and habitual parts. And then we're in trouble. Those all come out of the work of the flesh. But, as we spread at the beginning in 16, it says, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in verse 22, <coughs> it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. See, the whole beginning of uh, Galatians is talking about the law, so he's trying to help us understand that even as Christians, we, you, it, we can put ourselves back under the law, the do's and the don'ts, but as the Spirit of God lives inside of us, not only are we not walking in the flesh, but we're not under the law anymore. There's no law against the things of the Spirit because they're of God and they're pleasing. We don't have to worry about them. We just have freedom. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. So the fruit of the Spirit is, is so important. Now go with me to keep your finger in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, but go with me to Psalm 1. And there's so much in the Bible about fruit. And fruit primarily grows on trees, right? So, so there's a lot of... Uh, talking about trees in the Bible. Psalm chapter um, 1 talks about trees and you and me. It says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We want to be fruit bearers. Uh, you know, we we, we want to have fruit of our, of our life. And, you know, none of us are in agriculture. That's, you know, I used to live in an agricultural community, and it was really awesome because some of the Bible came to life when I was there. But, but we want to bear fruit. As we get older, we're like, what's the fruit of everything I've done? People begin to ask these questions. They get older. What's, where's my fruit? In other words, what's the results of what I've done? And here it's talking about bearing fruit in its season. But how do you do that? Well, it says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of ungodly, doesn't stand in the path of sinners, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But what is his delight? It's in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Then he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. We want to we bring, we want to be fruit bearers. We want to bear fruit. We want to bring forth fruit in our life. 
And the fruit of the Spirit is this. Now, we've got to point out a couple things. A lot of you have heard this before. Um, but this is fruit. Now, now fruit, fruit happens. Now, like I said, I used to live in a place called Oakdale, and they had so much agricultural up there. It was awesome. Guatemala, lived in Guatemala, lots of agriculture. And what's really neat in an agricultural community, if you go out when it's really dark, just before sunrise, and everything's quiet, and you go out to the orchards where the trees are producing fruit, you can hear them struggling to produce fruit. You hear the trees going, and then just the, the, the apples just pop out. <laughs> Some of you are going, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not how fruit gets produced. It just happens. You know, it just, the, the fruit just kind of happens, right? The, the trees don't... The fruit of the Spirit, in other words, when we have the Spirit of God, what, what, we, what the Lord doesn't want us to do is try so hard See, the works of the flesh are evident, but he doesn't say the works of righteousness are this. Now, now many of us, if I would have wrote that, maybe that's where I would have gone. It's the works of the flesh are these things. The works of righteousness are love, joy, peace, patience. But that's not true. The works of righteousness aren't those things because the works of righteousness just should happen from a life that's submitted to the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is these things. If the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, these things will begin to happen. And here's why I know we can't really fake it because love, we, we know, we've seen people try to fake love. There's a difference. You can't do love. You can do loving things, but you can't do love it, 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 it is, and, 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 you know, yes, we can act in loving ways, but love, joy, let's fake some joy. We're really good at faking joy, right? On any given Sunday morning, you're having a fight with your spouse coming into church, you pull in the driveway, you, you finish up your couple of yelling things, and then you open up the doors, the smiles come on, you go, good morning, pastor! We know, we, know, we know how to fake joy, but the fruit of the Spirit is real joy. It's joy that, that is, the Bible says, unspeakable joy. And what is that? It's like, I don't even understand the joy that I have. Have you ever had a moment because you were this close with God that everything around you was falling apart and somehow you had joy in the moment? And I'm not talking about one of those delirium laughs. I do those. Like when everything is really, 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 really bad and you just laugh because you don't know what else to do. Okay. <laughs> I've done those too. But there's something that joy can come in the midst. And so the fruit of the Spirit, as the Spirit lives in us, He gives us love and joy and peace. The Bible says it's a peace that passes understanding. Why? Because the peace of God doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. We're going late. Sorry. If you have to leave, just leave. We'll bless you. We'll all, look, we'll all turn around, look at you, point at you. No, I'm just kidding. So what, what, many years ago, I, I went down the hill to go, actually to go buy this base cabinet. And it's been like 30 years ago, so probably need a new base, base cabinet. Um, that used to be my personal one. And, and I drove down the hill to go look for a base, base amp. And went with Mark Johnson and um, had a really bad day going down there. Anyways, we go to Hollywood and we park the car and... Uh, uh, at Guitar Center in Hollywood. I love Guitar Center. And we come back to Guitar Center, and I got a parking ticket because we, we were like 10 minutes late. And I'm like, oh, what a bummer. So 
We go over to Ron and Judy Radicke. They'll be up ministering here in a, in a while to go visit with them, have some lunch, park the car. This is daylight. Park the car real close to the Oasis at the time and went over and had lunch, came back, and we're coming down the street. We're like, we're really hurrying because we're late again, right? You know, he didn't have enough quarters. And so we're running, and sure enough, there's a cop riding another parking ticket for me in a new spot. And we're like, we're running. We're, no, no, we'll move, you know, hoping he'll, he'll rip it up. And we get there, and he just keeps riding. Right about then, Mark looks over and says, Rob, they got your car. And I looked in, and my window's broken out. And my stereo is gone, ripped out of my dash. My tapes are gone. Tapes, remember cassette tapes? (laughs) My tapes are gone. The window's broken. The stereo's gone. And I'm getting a ticket to boot. So anyways, we, we leave. We're heading back. Mark lived in Redlands at the time. And I'm like, hey, Mark, you know, he goes, hey, why don't you stay for dinner? It's kind of been a, kind of a bummer day. And uh, I said, oh, that sounds good. I said, but my dash lights are out on my, on my car. So would you please remind me to get gas? Because I can't see my gas gauge, and I think I need gas. And I, I'm forgetful, you know. And so you already know where this is going. So I have dinner, <laughs> and I get in the car in Redlands, and I drive up to Big Bear, and, and just past Lakeview Point, it's about 10 o'clock at night, my car runs out of gas. So I pull off, and I got a broken window, and so I, I got my guitar in the back, so I pull over, I grab my guitar, and I shut the door. I didn't bother locking it. I mean, the window's broken. And I start walking to Big Bear. And I had an amazing peace and joy that swept over me, and I actually laughed. And it wasn't one of those wicked laughs, you know, <laughs> I laughed, and I told, the, I told the devil, I says, is this all you got? <laughs> and I just kept going. You know, that wasn't me. It wasn't because I'm a, that's the peace of God and the joy of God in my life. Because I was trying to live a life where he would, I was yielding to the spirit of God in my life. Do I always do that? No, I fail. But I try to yield to him and let him live through me and so that I will yield that piece of, uh, that, that fruit of the spirit of my life. And there's that patience. My goodness, if, you, if you're married, you need patience. If you're in ministry, you need patience. Uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. You can't fake these things. It comes from within you. Now, now it's important that we know that fruit here in the, in the Greek is singular okay so if you look here it says the fruit of the spirit is now grammar teachers would say no 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 the fruit of the spirit are and they'd say the fruits of the something are this and say apples and the fruits of the orchard are oranges apples and cherries right the fruits of the orchard are one big orchard but this is the singular fruit of the spirit is we don't get to choose our fruit. We're supposed to bear all of them. And they'll come, differing measures, differing times as we yield to God and his spirit lives in and through us. As you're, as you're allowing the, the spirit inside, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how we can do that in just a minute, you're going to begin to change from the inside out. And you're actually going to f- begin to find love for people that you used to not like. And you're going to find yourself with patience where you used to fly off the handle a little bit. And you're going to see a change inside of you because that is the fruit of a spirit-controlled life where you're walking everywhere. Everywhere you go is in the spirit, if you will.
That's what I want to have. I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. I think you've got to hit this because it's important. If you're in Christ, there's no excuse and just say, well, the flesh just won. No, you gave in. You yielded. You yielded. Now, now is there grace? Sure there's grace. Thank God, otherwise I wouldn't be here. We fall. But we submit ourselves back to God and he forgives us and he cleanses us. But stop making excuses. Well, you know, because the Bible says that when you come to Christ, it says, those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh. In other words, they're dead, but we let them have reign over us. Have you ever seen an elephant? I saw this one time. The elephants, when they, in the circus in different places, they put these big chains on them. And then they put the chain to the big spike in the ground. And there's always a part of me going, that chain and that spike ain't holding that elephant. I saw where there was an elephant. And, 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 and I don't know if you've seen this. They, well, it's their front. And they kind of move. They don't try to pull, but they just kind of shake their foot like this. I think they're just, they're just kind of checking and you know, seeing if the chain's there. I don't know, but they do this a lot. And it doesn't seem like they're in pain. They just kind of move their foot. Well, I saw one time there was these elephants, but one of the elephants didn't have a chain. And it was still moving his foot. So well, what's that? He says, oh, the, guy, the elephant just thinks he's got a chain on his foot. Guys, we think that we got a chain on our foot. We think that we're still a slave to sin. But you've been set free. Before Christ, you really don't even have a choice. You're full of this carnal nature. The enemy has full reign in your life. But when you come to Christ, it says that the deeds of the flesh, they're crucified, they're dead. It says, I'm dead to the world. The world is dead to me. I'm crucified to the world, crucified to me. Yet I still find myself sinning. I don't have to. I don't have to. I'm in set free. And as I yield to the Spirit more and more, the fruit of the Spirit comes out and the deeds of the flesh get less and less. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I want in my life. More of God, more of the Spirit, and less of me and my personal desires. See, that's why some people don't even want to come to faith in Christ. We talk about this in our New Believers classes because the truth is we all want to be the boss of our own life. We want to be the boss. By submitting to Christ, we're saying, you're the boss. I'm not. I'm going to submit to you. Now, in John 6, 63, I'm sorry, Jesus is talking to disciples, and he says, my words are spirit in their life. I went, wait a second, okay. The fruit of the spirit is this. And Jesus said, my words are spirit. How do I, what's one way to be filled with the Spirit? To be filled with the words of God. Be filled with the words of God. We need to be children. We need to be people of the Bible, of the promises of God, who read it, who meditate on it. Psalm 119, 9 through 11, says, how can a young man keep his way pure? That's a good question. When I was a young man, I really wanted to know that. It says, by living according to your word. I go, okay, well, that's tough, but I've, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. We want to walk in the flesh? Don't put the word of God in your heart. 
It's going to make that difficult. So if you're happy walking in the flesh, by all means, don't read the Bible. Don't ask God to be alive in the Word of God either. But if you want to begin to walk in the Spirit, one of the things we need to do is become, get the Word of God inside of us, the words of Jesus, the Word of God inside of our life. We want to bear truth. We want to bear fruit. As, as Psalm says, we want to be like the tree planted by waters that bears its fruit in its season. And what is that season? It's determined by God as we yield to him. Well, one thing happens for sure, fruit doesn't happen overnight. You don't go plant a, plant a tree and get fruit the next day. It takes time. Walking in the spirit, living in the spirit is, is going to take some time to bear fruit. Now, I told you there was a second word, walk. Now, verse 25 says this. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Another, another way of saying that is, is if we are alive by the Spirit, if we're alive by the Spirit, if we have life because of the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, I have life because of the Spirit. You have life because of the Spirit. So this is really, it's really a since, since, not a if. If we have life because of the Spirit, if we're spiritual life, let us also walk in the Spirit. This word walk is a different word. You wouldn't know that unless you read it in the Greek. And this one means to walk in line with, to be in agreement with, to walk in a pattern like, kind of like a military thing. You're walking in a certain manner. You know, some, somebody gets out of, at a boot camp, you know, people in the military can tell. You know, they, because they're, they're, their steps are like 16 inches apart and they walk a certain way. You can tell. Because they've learned how to walk in line. The Bible says, if you're alive because of the Spirit of God, walk in line. Walk in a manner like Christ, like the Spirit of God. So we want to get the word inside of us and we want to begin to walk in the manner worthy everywhere we go, walk the way he wants us to walk, hiding his word in our heart. Relying on him, yielding to him, dying to self. That's a tough one to do. Self-control is a big part of, of our need in, in Christianity. And this is an interesting thing because there's a part that we need to have self-control in order to yield. But as you yield to the Spirit, one of the part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So actually, it gets easier as you yield. As you let the Spirit of God live in you, it gets easier to yield because the Spirit of God is there. We don't want to grieve the Spirit, and we have that relationship. Works versus fruit. Flesh versus Spirit. Who are you feeding? Who are you yielding to? Who am I yielding to? What a, going back two weeks, what am I listening to? What am I putting in? Am I going to be carnally minded or going to be spiritually minded? And it's a choice that we, we do every day, multiple times a day. What you're going to talk about, what you're going to listen, what you're going to read, the places you're going to go. Are the places you're going, are they going to be fruitful towards the spirit or fruitful for the flesh? 
You know, you've, you've all taken time out this morning to come and worship. I believe it's because you want to see victory in your life and you want to you see the Lord. You want to get to know him in a new way. So this is, this is one of the things that we need to do. Let's, let's spend a moment in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that you didn't leave us orphans, but you said you'd send the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and to dwell inside of us. God, that I'm alive because of what the Spirit did. I'm baptized by the Spirit into Jesus. I want to yield to the Spirit. And I pray that each and every one of us in this room would begin to have the desire to yield their life to the Spirit and to, and to not yield to the, the flesh, to the carnal nature, to our, our own personal desires. God, I pray that you would uh, convict and encourage and challenge each of us to get to know you through your word because your word is life and it's spirit. And it's living, it's active. God, I pray that, that we would be circumspect, the Bible says, that we would walk uh, thoughtfully and that we would walk in line with the things of God and we would sit, learn to say no to ungodliness. We'd recognize that, that the world is dead to us but we're alive in you. God, I pray that as we're sitting in this room that there's people who will encourage us that are sitting in this room with us to walk in the Spirit, to, to yield to you and to grow more in our faith. God, I pray that we would make it a, a point in our lives to find a companionship and, and a friendship and that word fellowship with other believers who help us to grow and to bear fruit and stop toiling and ending up only with works of the flesh. Things that are really going to destroy us long term. Empower us, fill us with your spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.